1: Welcome to the RotoWire wire DFS MLB Pod, Wednesday edition, folks. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'm joined once again by John McKechnie, and we're coming at you on September 13. John, the month of September looks like it will have a little, li- very little drama in terms of division standings with most of the uh, uh, first-place seedings already decided, but we can certainly talk about streaks. There's a, a 20-game winner for Cleveland and an 11-game loser that was snapped for Los Angeles last night. Both are atypical for teams that are in first place. Uh, The Cubbies are another team that seems to have regressed in their last 10. What do you make of the current status of these teams and, uh, and these streaks?
2: Well, the, the Cubs have sort of just ebbed and flowed throughout the year, where it's like, oh, are they back? Are they back? No, they're not back. <laughs> you know, so th- this sort of feels like the standard 2017 edition of the Cubs. But um, for, you know, uh, you can draw these comparisons to the early 2000s with the, with the Dodgers and the um, and the Indians, where uh, obviously the A's are, are. I think are the last team to have a 20 game win streak from from that early 2000. I think the 2002 season, and then uh, the Dodgers were obviously looking uh like they're on pace to break uh the mariners record from 2001 or 2000 right um so uh it's been it's been shocking to see uh what's happened to the dodgers i I don't think that it i mean a 20 game streak requires um a bit of 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 luck but like of course cleveland has has a talent to to pull that sort of thing off and and, you know they're fully healthy for them or they've been pretty much healthy they've been getting contributions from all over that lineup so that's been really impressive I don't know what I don't know what to make of the Dodgers right now but I I would still contend that like the Indians are probably my favorite in the American League even with the Astros going and get Verlander Um, I think the Indians have been there Uh, that they've almost done that and I think they're ready to to kind of finish the job this year whereas the Dodgers I mean what what can you say about a team that's just completely fallen apart uh, at this point in the season?
1: Yeah, I think they, uh, I I think personally, they they let the Arizona Diamondbacks get to them a little bit. Uh, The D-backs have owned them kind of most in the second half of the year, and looking forward to the playoffs, you think, you wonder if they got into their heads so much that they threw a bunch of these guys off their games, and uh, couldn't happen at a worse time. You got to think, they better really right this ship in the next couple of weeks, or they'll be in some serious trouble come playoff time. Before we get into our breakdown of top FanDuel picks for tonight's games, John. I want to invite our listeners to follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22, and you can follow John at Johnny McKex. Let's go through the matchups, John, with a quick preview of tonight's projected starters, uh, noting that we're only going to take on games that are 7 o'clock and beyond. Uh, Go ahead and take us through the first half, pal.
2: All right, so starting off our night slate, we have the Braves going with Luis Gojara, a one, or 0-1 record with a 13-5 ERA, going up to Washington to face Max Scherzer, uh, 14-5 and mark, 2-3-2 ERA uh, against the Nationals. Uh, Nationals, minus 315 favorites. That's uh, staggering. And uh, it's an it's a over-under of 8 in that one then we have the marlins versus the phillies we got the marlins going with dan straley nine and eight record three nine five era going to philadelphia to face Aaron Nola, 10 10 mark three seven era phillies slight home favorites at minus 125 over under there sitting at nine then we have the orioles with kevin gossman 10 and 10 record era just a shade under five up in toronto to face marcus stroman 11 and seven mark three one eight era Blue Jays, slight home favorites in that one, minus 115. That's an over-under of 8.5. Then we have the A's with Jarrell Cotton, 7-10 and 10 mark, five eight two ERA, going to Boston to face Doug Fister, who's been on a tear of late uh, Boston, minus 190 favorites, but it's an implied high-scoring game, at, at even 10 for the over-under. It's a 7-10 start. Then we have the Mar- uh, Mariners with uh, Mike Leak, uh, with 277 ERA, uh, minus 110 favorites, at Texas, uh, facing Martin Perez, uh, twelve and ten mark, four eight one ERA implied over under there sitting at an eleven. And then the Mets with Matt Harvey, uh, four, five and four mark, five eight two ERA going to Chicago to face the Cubs and John Lester, ten and seven mark, four three six uh, ERA for Lester. Uh, Cubs heavily favored in this one, minus two ninety home favorites. Eight and a half is your over under there.
1: John, our teams are in an intense rivalry and my club beat yours the first two games a very key series. I'm suggesting to you if the O's don't get this one tonight, I think their season is done.
2: Yeah, I think well I think it ended last night probably. Really? But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean Britain blowing that save, yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's tough,
1: man. Yeah
2: it's oh, been well. it's been a, a 5 I've come to the r- tough realization that the team is no better than a 500 team. It would have been lucky to make the playoffs. And if they did, they would have got knocked out in the wild card game. It's just kind of the, the teams is not very good. It's poorly constructed and it's not constructed like any other winner. So, uh Yeah, the Orioles don't deserve to make the playoffs.
1: Well, it's a a shame because, you know, you have a chance to go a long way if you make it. There's only a few teams that do, and so you can get hot at the right time, and and they do have some pieces. I fear that lineup offensively, and... uh I I still think if they could sneak in, they they would scare some teams just with the power that they can produce. And they got to get their pitching in order. I think that's the big problem for you guys. Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely. has been for years.
1: Yeah. All right. The rest of the slate, John, has the Pirates with Tyler Glasnow, a 2-6 mark, 745 ERA at the Brewers, and Chase Anderson. He's had a fine year, a 9-3 mark, a 293 ERA. And it's reflected in the uh, uh, the money line. It's a minus 170 in favor of the Brewers and the over-under at 8.5. The Padres will throw Denelson LeMay, who I was on in a big way last week, and I got rewarded. I actually cashed with that lineup that I posted on the show. LeMay, 7-7, seven and seven, 432 ERA at Minnesota. Irvin Santana, 15-7 and seven mark, a remarkable year for the veteran. 345 is his ERA there. A favorite Minnesota is at home at minus 150, The over-under at 9 for that 8-10 start. Then we got a couple of youngsters, Tyler Maley. Uh, for the Reds in St. Louis against Jack Flaherty. The money line is a minus 160 for the cards who are still hoping to fan some flames in the pennant race, uh, at least for a playoff spot, I guess, the wild card. The over-under set at 9 for that one uh, at 8.15 start. The Rockies and, uh, and Arizona, this could be a playoff preview. The Rockies go into Arizona with German Marquez 10-6 uh, is the, the one-loss record against Patrick Corbin, 13 and 12 there. Minus 50, 150 is the money line, and the over/under set at nine for that 9:40 start. The Astros throw Lance McCullers Jr., a 7-3 record and a 3.97 ERA. There, a road favorite, minus 120 and eight and a half on the over/under against the Angels and Tyler Skaggs with his 1-5 record, 4.86 ERA and a 10-7 start. And finally, those Dodgers who snapped that ugly 11-gamer throw you Darvish on the mound, a 2-3 and three record of 534. He's not been very good for LA uh, since he joined them, though they are heavy favorites in San Francisco against Matt Moore and his 5-13 and 13 record of 531 ERA. And uh, all right, John, let's get into this uh, with our starting pitchers. Look, we start there all the time, taking a look at the top end of the, uh, the fan duel board where we see six hurlers at or above the 8,500 mark, starting from the bottom up. I'm going to take a shot at this, my friend, and I'm going to say I'll be nervous choosing Gossman because too many Blue Jays have a good history against him in head-to-head play, though he's done a little bit better this season against them. I still uh, am a little nervous. There's too many crooked numbers there. Patrick, sure. Patrick Corbin against the potent Rockies lineups makes no sense to me as a value play. I fade Scherzer, even though his win probability and game score should be solid. It's just too much money at 10800 bucks. And then Darvish, like I said, he's been inconsistent against a struggling for a struggling Dodgers team rather so I don't trust him quite honestly Santana's been roughed up for his part over the last two starts and for me out of this group that leaves John Lester as my favorite here and I like this guy because he's had seven solid starts in his last nine appearances and his opposite number Matt Harvey has been less than ordinary not pitching like the Dark Knight but rather more like Aunt Harriet uh, for for the Mets this season (laughs) so he should be easing pickings for the Cubs offense do you agree or disagree John
2: now, I'm with you there on, on Lester having the uh, the high win probability there. And, you know, I think that as as the show progresses, you'll see that I think the Cubs uh, should be able to take advantage of that matchup offensively. Um, I'm also with you uh, as far as Gossman is concerned. Uh, my one disagreement here is probably on Scherzer. Um, he he is the top pitching guy, and he's priced as such at 10-8. But, I mean, we've seen seen him closer to 12,000. Uh, different points this year. Obviously, uh, his last couple starts uh, since coming back from that neck thing uh, haven't been your your typical Scherzer but he's going against the Braves lineup that's really kind of just trying to get their feet wet as uh, heading into 2018 uh, and the, the Braves have a young pitcher on the mound so uh I believe that the Nationals should have plenty of run support for Scherzer not that he really needs it um but I I think that that minus 310 favorites I mean that's just staggering to me um I think that Scherzer uh, is the safest play and I was able to build a lineup around him so I do like Scherzer tonight of these top end guys. And then uh, with Santana, I would feel better about uh, using him uh, tonight, but uh, his road, his road splits are a lot better than his home splits. He's been pretty middling at home and you pointed out that, uh, you know, that he's been roughed up a little bit uh, in recent starts. So I'm probably off of Santana uh, just a little bit, even though, um, you know, maybe a matchup against the Padres is something that, that can kind of neutralize those bad home, home road splits there. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. And then, you know, moving down into the next tier, uh, I guess the guy that, that stood out to me, um, from that, from that tier is, is, uh, Santana's opposite member, uh, Denelson LeMay, a uh, guy that you pointed out to last week, like you said, uh, two, seven, three ERA in his last five starts. I'm just a little bit gun shy about using him, uh, in an opposing park where, where the twins hit seven home runs in the first seven innings last night. That's a, that's an offense that's primed for the playoffs. Um, so I'm a little bit gun-shy on using LeMay, even though I've, I've liked his track record of late.
1: John, I might move down and select my starter of choice for tonight in this range in the 8,400 to 78. I'm leaning to, toward Doug Pfister here. I like the way, well, I didn't like the way he dominated the Blue Jays, but I like the way he looked in dominating the Blue Jays. It was typical of six of his last seven starts, all of the quality variety where he's rung up a pretty high strike uh, strikeout rate. So, And he's backed by that deep Boston offense and facing Cotton on the other side, on the other side, uh, side of the of the lineups uh, the lowest rated pitcher on today's board so i look at that as a bit of a mish, mismatch in face in favor of fister in boston looks like a high very high win probability to me so i'll take the savings here and uh, i wonder if you have any thoughts on any of the remaining pitchers under 7300 i'm a little scared of all of them to be honest with you
2: yeah the, yeah this is where we get into a bit of uh you know we talked about the september call up uh type of uh factors here. I think maybe Tyler Glasnow, uh you know, he's starting to show the promise that uh many people have built up to have for him. Um and he's going against a Brewers lineup that that really has kind of uh struggled in the second half. So maybe maybe Glasnow deserves a little bit uh of attention. I mean you're not gonna start Jermaine Marquez uh out in Arizona and you're you're not gonna start Matt Moore. Even though he's he's uh you know facing a Dodgers lineup that has obviously yeah. uh struggled mightily yeah. um you know this is a matchup where where Matt Moore quite frankly, has been arguably the most disappointing starting, pitching, p- starting pitcher in all of baseball this season. So it's hard to justify uh, using a guy like him. And then Martin Perez, I mean, the over-under in that game is sitting at 11. So there's going to be a lot of offense in that game. So you don't want to get a pitcher from that matchup.
1: Yeah, we might see some football scores on the board. And speaking of football, uh, it's time to get into our promo, John, with FanDuel. And that is a reminder that fantasy football fans, the wait is over. We've come through week one. FanDuel is a place to be. Uh, for your fantasy football for everyday fans so jump on that opportunity there's new contests starting every week there's no busted seasons there's something for everyone in fact lots of contests to choose from starting for as low as a dollar just pick a contest choose your team and watch your score in real time Uh, in terms of week one john there were plenty of surprises right off the thursday nighter i mean i pay i went heavy on the pats uh, in terms of of that uh, game and i was not rewarded at all tom brady looked every bit of his 40 years and and was really off target like i haven't seen him in a long time and uh the cards lost their bell cow running back david johnson it's been a long time since a consensus number one pick overall in most drafts has uh blown up like this he, he might be lost for a long time I don't know you'll have a little more to say on that you filled me in before we went to air uh, he was a, no worse than number two in most season long drafts and a lot of those guys that went big uh, on him are really licking their wounds this morning and uh, uh, Zeke played for the Cowboys and might play there all year long so I'm happy for that in terms of the, the Dallas uh, possibilities for success but still this guy's got to clean up his act what say you about the names that I've mentioned
2: uh, I mean, uh, obviously the Cowboys are, are a totally different team, uh, when Zeke's on the field. So as long as that legal process is stalling out and he's on the field, then, uh, Cowboys should be in pretty good shape. Um, I think that the David Johnson injury went ahead and kind of exposed everyone's fears about, uh, that Cardinals team. I mean, he, he was a guy that was so versatile in the run and in and the past game. And the, like it's no wonder why he was pretty much the consensus, uh, number one overall pick. So, uh, with him gone, you see a really old and kind of, I wouldn't say washed up, but but just like diminished skill set, Carson Palmer. Yeah. Uh, we have a receiving core that's just like not all that great at this point. And the defense is actually a lot more uh, able to be picked on that then maybe a lot of people expected just because the names of tyron matthew and patrick peterson are there uh doesn't mean that 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 entire unit is as good as it has been in recent years so i think the cardinals are in deep deep trouble yeah um I'm, i wouldn't be worried about the patriots the, the last time that the chiefs beat the crap out of the patriots in the regular season i believe the patriots uh got ridden off and then they went ahead and beat the seahawks in the super bowl so exactly it, it's uh, it's way too early to, to really like you can never count out the patriots they're they're, they're like michael myers or jason like the, you know they get knocked down but they're, they're just going to come back and take everyone out so you know not be worried about them
1: john you and i are two of the two and a half million players who have actually won a cash prize playing on fanduel we invite everybody to take advantage of our special offer for new users where they can sign up today on fanduel.com rw for, for signing up, you get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com rw. Of course, these contests are void where prohibited. All right, partner, let's get into our position-by-position position picks, starting with the catchers as usual, where we see another narrow skew from top to bottom, beginning with five top picks at 3,000 or above. Break them down for us, will you?
2: Uh, Starting up at the top here, you know, you got your standard uh, Buster Posey, but he is in San Francisco. Uh, He's checking in at 3,400, but he is going against U Darvish, so that's a very tough matchup. Uh, Obviously... Posey just doesn't have a, a ton of home run potential in that park. It seems like. Um, so even though he is the, you know, the best, uh, offensive catcher in baseball, uh, I don't love him for DFS purposes again. So I'm probably fading him. Robinson Chirinos has been has been great though. Right. Um, over, you know, over the, over the second half of the season, you know, since they got rid of Luke Roy and just kind of turned to Torino's, um, he's, you know, he's completely answered the bell, yeah. um, in, in pretty much every respect. So going, going against Seattle, Uh, in his home park in Texas, where where there's a high implied over under there. Um, If you don't spend up at catcher, then I I could definitely see, uh, you you know, getting as many bats as possible as you can from the Seattle-Texas game. And Torino's would certainly be one to to consider. And then, uh, you know, Tucker Barnhart uh, going against a, a young pitcher, uh in in uh, st louis and, and yadi molina on the other side of that game both of those guys uh should be in line for for quality matchups there it's just i'm not totally sure i'm going to be able to squeeze either of those salaries into my lineup but i think that um anyone from torinos to barnhart to to molina are certainly worth uh the the money if you can if you can swing it
1: well i'm going to try i went cheap on the pitcher so i'm going to fit either uh Molina or Chirinos in there. I like them both. For his part, Molina has continued a solid second half. John, wielding one of the hottest bats among all catchers of late, particularly seven hits in his last four games, heading into tonight's game uh, on the current Cardinals homestand. And tonight faces an unproven Tyler Maley on the mound for the Reds. He's leading a St. Louis charge toward a possible wild card. He and his mates won't stumble in this matchup, in my opinion, so he might be a good bet, good safe bet tonight. If you can fit him into the lineup Chirinos you said it is the other guy in this top group who earns my accolades too due to a solid current hitting streak that sees him with a five gamer including two multi-hit outings he's also got those 17 round trippers on the year and Mike Leake has been known to give up a high homer rate of late as well what about the remaining backstops below three thousand dollars John
2: um, I think Roy has a little bit of appeal uh, here tonight, but you know he, you're not getting the same Jonathan Lucroy you you have in years past. No. Um, Wilson Contreras, I think, could be a nice play now that he's back, uh, going against Matt Harvey. Uh, again, you'll see that I do like plenty of Cubs bats uh, in this one, um, but I'm going to go a little bit against the grain here to try to, to try to separate myself. Um, go go you know a little counterintuitive because generally i don't use yasmani grandal against left-handers um but i will uh make an exception in this case when he's going against matt moore so he's my catcher uh for tonight checking in at 2800 so it's a you know not not too hefty of a, of a price to pay for a bat of that quality and then you know you you, you got to also consider that matt moore's probably not long for this game uh, at which point grandal will get some exposure to the right-handed relievers on the Giants and I think that you know that that should enable or enable him to have a profitable evening
1: the only other name that I'll add to this range is got to be JT Realmuto for me he's been really raking over the last two weeks he gets Aaron Nola who's been roughed up quite regularly over the past month so I'll take the hot bat over the cold pitcher every time John Uh, then we go over to first base we see the usual names uh, in the top tier so we'll bring it down a little bit lower instead of talking about the same four or five guys let's take it down to 3,500 your breakdown on Let's say the top half of the pit, uh, the first base options, John.
2: Okay, so uh, outside of you know your, your standard Goldschmidt's, um and so on, so the thirty five hundred range. Uh, up to 4,000 or so Um, I do like uh, Joey Gallo a fair bit Um, you know again uh, touching on that Texas game Um, I think that he's certainly uh, someone that that has the pop potential to to really like pay off with just one swing of the bat Um, so I would be considering him Uh, Matt Olson quietly has been doing has been having an excellent September uh, out in Oakland I know he has a tough matchup against a you know a a guy in Doug Fister that's really kind of uh, turned it on uh, of late Um, but I Um, I want to hear what you have to say about this tier but I I do have another uh, guy uh, at first base uh, down a little bit cheaper than you than we usually go to when we're talking first base
1: yeah I've got one in the bargain range too we'll save that too but I want to react to the first tier and I like Anthony Rizzo a lot I'm really thinking that tonight's a good opportunity to stack cubbies against the struggling Matt Harvey and Rizzo for his part's been picking it up uh, consistently of late so I think that's a pretty good value even at $3,900 John so I feel really confident about that one and then, in terms of the mid-tier, I uh, like Joe uh, Joe Mauer's put together a fine year, thirty-three hundred dollars. Not usually linked with the top power hitters, but he hits for he gets on base a lot, and he's in the middle of that batting order that's been pretty consistent all season long. So, uh, I think a pretty safe bat. There at thirty three hundred dollars, Chris Davis scares the bejesus out of me when he pl- plays in Toronto. He's been really quiet for two <laughs> games, and you just have to think that he's due to run into one sooner or later. And he has a good history against Marcus Stroman, so that's another name I'll throw out in that tier before you chirp about the Orioles. And then, uh, what about any bargains that below three thousand, John? I'm going to sh- give a shout out to Justin Smoke. I cannot believe this guy's price at twenty nine hundred dollars, considering the matchup that he has. The Jays have clobbered Gosman in their careers. This guy's been part of that mix. And, uh, and he's had an all-star caliber season, a little quiet in the last few days, but uh, very consistent. And, and uh, I, I think he, if, I, if I call the stadium and tell him he's priced at price $2,900, I think that's going to fire this guy up. I'm at the ballpark tonight. I might just whisper in his ear.
2: There you go. I mean, uh, yeah, I can't believe that that smoke is priced at that um, range as well, because he has been uh, so consistent uh, throughout this entire season. And I'm I'm agreeing with you. I think this is really uh, kind of a juicy matchup for him. So I would be uh, surprised if he doesn't uh, make hay off of that off of that price tag. Um, I do like Danny Valencia a fair bit. As well, Um, I think he's going against a left-hander. That's where that's where you know he has a nice home run rate. uh, Five home runs in 115 at bats. Um, he's got a an OPS close to 900 um, against Southpaw so I think that Valencia at just 2500 provided that he is in the lineup he's a guy that you got to make sure because the the Mariners do like to platoon at a lot of spots but if he's in there uh, 2500 that really gives you a lot of flexibility especially um, if you are to to spend up at your pitcher spot
1: all right let's move over to second base John and look at the top tier down to thirty six hundred dollars I really like DJ LeMayhew here for $3,600. He's been consistently north of that 300 batting average all season long and has a thir- solid 13 for 34 history and a, pl- and a platoon advantage over Patrick Corbin, uh, the opposing starter. For me, he's a clear favorite here, but who else might you be uh, looking at in this top tier?
2: Um, you know, for as as disillusioned as I am with the Orioles, I think that the, the Jonathan scope at 3,500 is a bit below uh, where he sh- probably should be priced. I know this is a relatively tough matchup for him, um, but thirty five hundred for a guy that that's you know near the league lead in, in so many different batting categories, uh, RBI especially, um, you know, and in, in his power from from the second base spot is you know almost unmatched. Um, so I, I do like him a fair bit if you're going uh, for the expensive route at second base.
1: Uh, what do you think about the price on D Gordon four thousand dollars? I mean he's had a pretty good week, but I'm scared because he's not a, not a power hitter. And uh, I know you've talked me out of going, going this route a few times this season. So I wonder what your opinion is on the D Gordon matchup against Philadelphia.
3: Uh,
2: you know, this could be a situation where, where, uh, Nola, Nola is, is, uh, he struggles to hold base runners on and it, you know, D Gordon can always sense that. Um, he always has like th- that ability to kind of, uh, scare the pitcher whenever he gets himself on base yeah. and, and he has a better on base ability than, than like a Billy Hamilton or something. So, you know, if you're paying up for Gordon, you're paying up for the speed aspect. You're, you're paying for, you know, him, him, uh, you know, being, being on first base, and the Mariners hit a double and he scores from first, you know, w- with no problem, you know, he's able to take that extra base almost every time. So, um, I think that this matchup against Nola, who hasn't pitched as well as he was, you know, from that stretch from, you know, mid June to, to mid August, where I think he went 10 straight starts with, uh, under three earned runs allowed. Uh, he hasn't been that same guy since. So I do think that D Gordon with that price tag he will sneakily be uh, low owned. So I think there, there is some room for profit, uh, here as well, but just because that price tag, is going to scare people
1: off. Yeah, interest scares me off looking at it. I'd rather go down a little bit lower in this grouping and let's take a look at that bottom half from 3,400 down. I like a couple of veterans here. Robbie Cano, I'm not scared about the lefty-on-lefty matchup because that lefty that he's facing is Martin Perez. He's going to get lit up tonight in that game that I think we both exactly. want a piece of in the over-under. But the other guy I'm looking at is uh, the Boston captain and leader, Dustin Pedroia. This is his time of year and he's starting to warm up, folks. He just came back off an injury. Uh, that might be a blessing in disguise because this guy's such a gamer he gives gives it all he's got every game day in day out and he's come back and what's he done he's been hitting the lights out ever since uh, he returned a lineup a few games ago tonight gets a good matchup against a young oakland pitcher who i think is going to be overmatched for the moment against uh, the boston roster and pedroia will be in the middle of most of the trouble he faces in my opinion what about your views on this second the rest of the second baseman here
2: um my favorite one fr- from around this area is I would say Ian Happ of of the Cubs this is the start of my Cubs stack um you know going against Matt Harvey uh who's you know, he hasn't pitched a ton this season, but I mean, looking at his peripherals here, um, his strikeouts per nine is under seven. That's, that's just unfathomable for a guy that that's as good as he's supposed to be. Uh, he's giving up two home runs per nine innings that, I mean, that's almost unheard of uh, for a starter so that, you know, he's just in deep trouble right now. Um, I don't, I don't really see things getting better for him uh, the rest of the season. And Ian Happ mo- does most of his damage against right-handers to begin with 17 of his home runs this year have come against right-handers so I think that this all lines up uh, extremely well and to to get uh, exposure to a Cub stack for just three grand um, I think it is you know that screams out as one of my favorite bargains of the day
1: that's a great call John and if you're looking for bargain basement value take a look at Ryan Goings who's been moved up in the Jays batting order of late because he's been remarkably productive particularly with runners on base priced at only $2,500 if the Jays get uh, Gosman on the ropes as I suspect they might i I expect goings to be a part of that so uh for twenty five hundred dollars that might be a flyer worth taking uh if we look at the third base situation where we see the usual suspects above three hundred thirty five hundred dollars there's a trio of guys who stand out for me john uh, bryant of the cubs he's part of that stack against a vulnerable harvey that makes complete sense there's no not much explanation turner for the dodgers despite the team struggles continues to be remarkably consistent and productive and he earns a platoon advantage tonight against the struggling Matt Moore I think that screams good value at the high end but of this group I'm taking Kyle Seeger as my guy tonight he's on a nine-game hit streak with five homers mixed in people not listening to this pod will fade him because of the lefty on lefty matchup that you see at a cursory glance but he's got an OPS of 1.227 including four homers as part of 16 hits and 38 at bats in the head-to-head sample against the opposing pitcher tonight so he stands out as my favorite in this group Uh, what do you think
2: Oh, I, I really like that call. That's an interesting one on, on Seeger. I think that, you know, you and I have gone back and forth on, on getting after Mariners and Rangers bats tonight. And I think that he's sneakily, um, you know, he's always kind of under the radar because yeah. he's plays in Seattle and on a team with Cano and Cruz and so on. So, uh, he kind of gets the third fiddle there, but he's a very productive player, very dangerous. And, uh, this, this game is going to have a ton of runs and he's going to be part of it. Um, but I just, can't, I can't go away from, from Chris Bryant, uh, right now. I know that. That over the last, you know, two weeks, he has he's struggled a little bit. OPS still just just shy of nine hundred, though, so that's still pretty strong overall. Um, I just think that, you know, regardless of his recent track record, I think that Matt Harvey should be what cures uh, what ails the Cubs for the most part this evening. So, three thousand eight hundred. You know, when we see Chris Bryant, you know, upwards of four thousand five hundred, uh, some of the time, I think that he makes plenty of sense. And I wouldn't mind using your guy Josh Donaldson against uh, Kevin Gossman either. I think that gossman can certainly serve one up to to a guy like josh johnson
1: yeah who do you like below the 3500 hundred dollar mark john there's some interesting names there down down there too
2: um i you know i'm confused as to why jake Lamb. you know sort of like what you're saying I about smoke you. i mean i i get it though because lamb really has has kind of fallen as a guy that has him in a bunch of season-long leagues he has not been the same guy in the second half, um, but I think that any time that you get him for under three thousand, that that's just a bit too much of an overcorrection for what he's been doing uh, versus how talented he talented he he actually is. I know he's going against Marquez, who's you know one of the more promising young pitchers uh, for the Rockies, but you know this is a game in Arizona. Uh, the, the The Diamondbacks, one of the more comfortable hitting teams when they're in their home park. Um, overall, I mean they're they're so dangerous when when it's at Chase Field. Um, so I think getting. Lane uh, at 2900 I mean the only concern here for me is like you know it makes you wonder if it's a trap because it stands out so much
1: yeah I think that one that one leaped off the page to me too so a great call there I in this range I like Devers as part of the Boston stack tonight John this kid continues to hit with eight safeties in his last five games and this looks like the tasty matchup for the Beantown Brigade I already mentioned they're they're looking at a, at a wide-eyed pitcher on the mound tonight I do believe And he will also get the edge in this righty versus lefty matchup. And that's all for $3,300. As well, there's Eduardo Escobar right up there with other power-hitting corner infielders over the last two weeks with a smoking-hot homer stroke of late. Another platoon advantage for him for only $3,200. So that's some other interesting plays that uh, I think uh, there are some bargains attached to these names. Now, let's look over to the shortstop position where we see five premium guys over $3,500. Your thoughts, John? John?
2: Um. I th- this is a this is probably where I'm going to have to save some money. I'm I'm going to go a little bit cheaper in this range. Um. But I, I do like again. J- you know, just going the Elvis Andrews route. Uh. He's having a career year. Nails. Yeah. He, he is four. Yeah. He's four thousand. So that's expensive. But that that might drive the ownership down. And again, you know, just just getting as much exposure to that game. Uh, As possible uh, is not a bad idea in my mind. But are you approaching this one, or are you going a little bit cheaper?
1: I'm, I'm, I'm liking the call on Andrus, but if I don't go with him, there's a couple other names that I think are are surprises below the $3,500 range. Considering when when you consider Gene Segura and Carlos Correa, I mean, who would have ever expected Correa to be down here at any point during the season? Both are enjoying fairly productive years, but Correa has been a little quieter than I would have expected of late. Maybe that accounts (coughs) for the discount. But uh, I'm going to flip a coin between these two guys. I like. Where they're hitting in their respective orders and like what they can bring to the table in tonight's respective matchups so they both look like bargains to me can you help me decide
2: um whew, that, that that is pretty tough there um i do like uh i probably like Segura right now i know i know the correa uh talent wise probably has the edge and you know in terms of power too and i, I gotta like that I like that matchup a lot for Correa, but I like the matchup for it, for both of them honestly. I probably uh, give the lean to Segura just because he's a hundred dollars cheaper um, and he's in a, a more hitter friendly ballpark. Um, but I also wanted to touch on Jorge, uh, on uh, Jorge Polanco uh, of the of the Twins. You know, over the last thirty days, he has one of the higher uh, weighted on base averages of any set of any shortstop it you know it's a 429 which is astronomically high uh, it's actually higher than what francisco lindor has over the last month so for him to be just 3500 i might need to kind of rejigger some things in my lineup to try to fit him in and maybe maybe one other twin to kind of pair him up with
1: well i wonder if we have room to pick it, pick out one of the big bats on in the outfield, John, there's a mittful of names in the plus four thousand range, and for me, I'm, I'm shocked that Carlos uh, Giancarlo Stanton hasn't hit a home run in two games. So I think he's in a major slump, and he's got a snap out of it tonight against Aaron Nola. And I might lean on him just because uh, I, I think some of the other names here they they don't have as favorable matchups. Uh, Mookie Betts, you've talked me out of this guy more often than not, so I just fade him forty-three hundred dollars at this point, not giving me return. Uh, I've I've been blow, burned by him. Too I, think he,
2: I think he. he he killed it last night but i think yeah in general he has been kind of kind of off uh this year certainly uh not hitting to those levels that we were expecting uh you know if you were going after him in season long so i'm with you there i'm not mad at you for fading a red sock
1: who, who's your guy in the top tier then uh, i mean i like i like in this group standing in a big way because of the matchup he gets and the fact that he's overdue after being in a ter- terrible slump for two games
2: Yeah. That, yeah, it's just a devastating two game slump. I mean, that's the point we've gotten to with him. It's absolutely absurd. He's freaking Paul Bunyan out there, but, um, Uh, I would say uh, J.D. Martinez, again, you know, you want to get a piece of that Arizona offense when it's at home. Uh, He's 4,600, so that's pretty expensive. Um, But I think he he has something like 12 home runs in his last like 16 games or something absurd like that. J.D. Martinez has been an absolute revelation since coming over to the to the Diamondbacks and, you know, joining an actual uh, winning team. Um, But I think, you know, uh, a guy like Reese Hoskins is a little bit interesting as well. You know, I don't think that you and I have talked about him enough for for what for what he He's done, you know, 16 home runs in his first, what, 32 career professional games. And that is, I mean, that's just unbelievable. So, uh, you know, he he draws a pretty good matchup here against Dan Straley. Um, He's just he's just so red hot right now. It's hard to make an argument against using him. If you you do have like, you know, the forty one or forty two hundred dollars to spend on an outfielder, then I think Hoskins has to be your guy.
1: What about if we drop it down to the 3,900 to 3,600? I'll give you four names to think about, John. Nelly Cruz crushes lefties, faces Martin Perez tonight, $3,900. There's got to be a way to fit this guy into a lot of lineups, just given the quality of that that mismatch and and Cruz's history uh, against Port Siders. George Springer also gets a good matchup against Tyler Skaggs. $3,700 the price tag there. But the two guys that I'm most on in this group are Kyle Schwarber, because of that tasty matchup against uh, the Mets, and uh, Odubel Cabrera, for the Phillies at $3,600 makes good sense as well as a a sneaky power bat that you can fit into this group and, and justify with the fact that he's been having a pretty good year himself.
2: Yeah. I'm definitely with you there. Um, I think, uh, you know, on the other side or a little bit, uh, further down the list, uh, we go uh, a guy like Robbie Grossman or, or Manuel Mongar Margo, you know, two guys on opposite ends of the uh, Padres versus, um, Minnesota game. I think both of us agree that that game uh, might not have the level of pitching that, that, um, you might expect just looking on paper. Um, but I really like Mitch Haniger tonight. Um, he's a guy that uh, is on the Mariners. Um, so he, you know, again, touching on the Mariners here, uh, over those last two weeks, uh, slashing 462, 462, 827. So that's an OPS, uh, well, like just under 1300. Uh, that's absolutely insane production, uh, four home runs in 11 RBI in that stretch. And again, you know, he's, he's facing a soft matchup in Texas where the ball's going to fly. So that's a really, really nice way to get, uh, like smoking hot production for just 3,100 in your outfield.
1: You know what, I'm going to throw another name out there that's been really productive and it's going to smart a little bit because it's Kevin Pillar, John. This guy of late has really rediscovered his early season groove. And it's looking like he's finishing the season strong. Not only does he make the highlight reels for the, the crazy catches, but he's been hitting the lights out the last couple of weeks and uh, been very productive for the Blue Jays for thirty one hundred dollars. And I hate to say this, but in the head to head matchup against against your starter, he's ten for twenty two. Uh, that's a pretty good clip. Uh, an OPS. Yes, yeah, that's, that's pretty either. significant. So uh, I think it makes sense to throw him into the lineup, and I will for for the the low price tag to round out my squad. Which brings us to an, uh, an opportunity to take a look at the teams we've compiled for tonight. John, who do you like uh, in your starting lineup this evening?
2: All right, so my lineup, again, uh, was built around Max Scherzer, so I had to go a little bit uh, cheap on bats at different parts. Um, I went with Scherzer, and then I had Grandal at 2,800 uh, as my catcher, Danny Valencia checking in at 2,500, um, getting the platoon advantage here from that Mariners lineup. Uh, Then we move on to my, my Cubs stack around the infield, Ian Happ at second base for just 3,000. Uh, Chris Bryant um, for, for thirty eight hundred, and then Hobby uh, Baez, who I know uh, hasn't been hitting as hot of late, but again, he's just you know getting a getting a piece of that Cubs stack. I think makes some sense to me and then moving on to my outfield again mitch hanniger um he's a guy that's just on on an absolute tear right now uh, yasiel puig at just 3100 is a guy that uh, going against matt moore i think that the dodgers might might sort of really really come out of their slump uh tonight and i think Puig would be part of that and then uh taking a bit of a flyer here we'll, we'll see if he's in the lineup but if he is 2600 for jason worth yeah. against a young braves um pitcher that that really has kind of uh, struggled early in his major league career and I think that that Worth definitely gets a platoon advantage here and I think that he uh, is a nice like cap relief uh, type of option to to round out my outfield
1: all right and and what I've done is I went a little cheaper than you at the on the mound I went with Fister. I like the f- consistency that he offers tonight the high win probability and visiting A's and uh, I have Yadier Molina one of the top and catchers on the board $3,300 is not that big a price tag managing to fit him in the insulted Justin Smoke, who's going to have a little chit-chat with me before the game tonight, $2,900. Dustin Pedroia raking like he does at this time of year every year. $3,300 is a low price tag for him. Kyle Seeger in the middle of that infield with, uh, with Gene Segura uh, for Seattle against Texas makes a, a good two-thirds of a stack possibility for thirty six and $3,300 against a very vulnerable Martin Perez. Then my outfield shakes down as the follows with Kyle Schwarber. Uh... uh Taking a shot at, uh, at Matt Harvey tonight, I think, for $3,600. He's pretty vulnerable, Harvey is. So the Cubbies could really be a good stack possibility there. Odubel Cabrera, the sneaky pick that I think fits in nicely into my lineup for $3,600. Like what he's doing to, uh, of late. And then Pilar, of course, I really like what he's doing of late for that low price tag of $3,100 against your Orioles tonight. Looks like a bargain to me. Uh, what does the roto- Rotowire lineup optimizer uh, have in store for us tonight, John? I know they agree with you I on pitcher.
2: Yep. Optimized. Yeah. It's hard to disagree with, with the road wire pitching selections. Usually, usually they get that uh, right more times than not. So Scherzer is your pitcher here for the optimized lineup. Uh, following that up with the Jonathan Lucroy um, at catcher, Eric Thames and Neil Walker. So a little bit of a miniature Milwaukee stack going against Tyler Glass. Now that's kind of interesting. Uh, Jake Lamb at 2,900, a guy that you and I both pointed to as a nice value this evening. Uh, Trevor Story on the other side of that game, at just 3,000 And then moving on to the outfield, George Springer, Ian Desmond, and Stephen Piscotti.
1: John, before we close out this week's episode, uh, I'm wondering if I should, why should, should I be feeling as excited as I do with the debuts in Toronto in September of uh, names like Teoscar Hernandez and Richard Urania? Or are these two typical short-term blips for a pair of September call-ups that mean very little? Uh, I mean, there must be other teams out there with other fans crying about similar September debuts. How do you look at stuff like this?
2: Well, uh, especially when, when you're sort of out of the out of the playoff hunt, like both of us are, you know, like the, the September call-ups are bring you a little bit ray of optimism for, for what's coming up uh, next year. I, and don't you guys I, I know that T Oscar Hernandez was a part uh, of a deal from earlier in the season. Right. And I think he could certainly be a part of your team moving forward. But don't you guys have like a Dwight? Uh, Smith, you guys have a few other uh, kind of promising outfielders outfield prospects. So I would feel very good about uh, what's coming up, coming down the pipeline for, for your Blue Jays in terms of a, a bit of a youth infusion. So um, looking at that kind of stuff is always exciting, especially you know on teams that, that are um, you know more willing to, to let their young players play. Play out the end of the season, kind of get their feet wet at the major league level. I mean, the Orioles did that last year with Trey Mancini, and that that obviously worked out uh, yeah. pretty well for this year.
1: No question, it's going to be an interesting offseason as as always is. But we've got a few more weeks of regular season to go in, through, and uh, we'll be touching on that in future FanDuel episodes on Wednesdays. That we can listen to the FanDuel podcasts on RotoWire every day, Monday to Friday. And uh, there you have it for this one. For John McKechnie, who's a great follow at Johnny McKechnie. I'm Paul Bruno, and you can follow. Follow me at Statsman22. We wish you good luck with your FanDuel picks. Come back to listen to our pods on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody.